Hello, and welcome back to the Arc of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers back with you once again. We're going to chat about a new release. Yes. A big old monstrous battle, and then from what you've informed me, you have quite the monstrous list of uh, what you've been watching, because it's been a bit since we recorded. Yeah. Uh, looks like everybody enjoyed the uh, all Blanchard review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'll say. The Snyder Cut, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, good numbers on that, all things considered. That's good. Biggest hit of the year so far for us. So yeah, hope you enjoyed our little two-hour journey through that four-hour movie. I certainly had fun recording it. So more more from the Cousins Blanchard in the future. We teased it on that episode if you didn't listen, but we got a nice uh, two-by-two crossover coming uh, when our anniversary kicks in next month. Oh yeah, I gotta get ready for that. Yeah. I'll be, you gotta I'll watch be Rocky and the Karate Kid to refresh everybody's memory. If, yeah. if you want to do the same. I know Rocky's on HBO Max, and I don't know who the heck has uh, Karate Kid at the moment. One of those streaming services, I'm sure. Yeah. So, look forward to that. Also, eventually we'll get to it in our rewatches, but as we mentioned, that or if you may have seen it on Instagram, our next 2x2 two two for this month. Oh, yeah. This is a, quite the interesting pairing. It's... Probably nothing's gonna top in the bedroom and... Uh, what do we do with that? Renaissance man. Yeah, yeah. Renaissance Excuse me. man. Yeah. Nothing's going to top that in terms of uh, disparate elements coming together. But we have Super Mario Brothers. Yes. That is Gavin's pick as voted on. Off, I forget what other. The beach was in the in the running. Right. There's Which few, I was few really... suggestions for that. But Super Mario Brothers firmly won out. And I was really hoping and, uh, it was going to be the beach. Yes. And from my list, as teased on the In the Bedroom episode, people chose Michael Clayton. Which... Uh, also featured Mr. Tom Wilkinson. And correcting myself from that episode, which I listened back to, he did not win the Oscar. Uh, we'll get into that on the episode. Oh, okay. But that was uh, the 2007 movie year, the 2008 Oscars. And, of course, oh. he was up against old Anton Chigurh in supporting. It's no. one of those where you're just like, yeah, dude, you got screwed over by Denzel and Javier, but like, what are you, what are you going to do? Tough See that's break. that's tough when break. that's your two best performances. That's tough break. when you have to do like a I'm not there or whatever thing like Joaquin did, but you do it as like him being him, being furious at the two of them. Like it's a real life thing where he just can't stand. To be them. clear, I'm still here. I'm, I'm still here. What's I'm the not one. there? That's the Bob Dylan. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay, I'm is still that Todd here. Haynes. I think. Yeah, is that right? Sounds right. Yes, Todd Haynes is Velvet Goldmine, right? Yes. Yes, then that's <laughs> okay. You didn't seem too sure of that one, but yeah, I think Todd Haynes is Velvet Goldmine. Haven't rewired. That's that's more of a Gavin movie. Oddly, you think it would be more of a no yeah, movie, you but do. I've only seen it once. Granted, that was back in the Sycamore days, and maybe I'd get more out of it now. You but... probably would. It's really good. All right. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. Isn't that one of those that has like a director's cut that's like but way better or weirder? I think it's more weirder. Something like that. That was a film. That was like one of my first. Like oh. This is what they mean by like well, film and media studies. Yeah, no, this is a. I'm surprised you let yourself like that one. To be honest, I know. Yeah. But I, it's I didn't very know. ungav of you. Well, I you know all bets are off when it comes to film school because I like they or sorry college because they like they make you watch them. It doesn't matter whether you have to tell them why you like. I never stood up in class and was like, I don't think I'm allowed to like this. Right. I was just kind of like, oh, I got this out of it. So there you go. You know. Okay. I say we just kick things off. I don't know if this is going to be like a true full-on review because I don't know if I have any like 
intelligent thoughts about Godzilla versus Kong, but I think we can get a, a pretty decent little mini out of it. Yeah, I, I, uh, you minutes. and I have not spoken. I no. did post my review publicly, so mm-hmm. you know how I felt about it from the outside. Yeah. Did you end up seeing this in a theater? No. Okay, so you yeah. did watch it at home. I did watch it at HBO home, Max. and I, I kind me, of enjoyed it that way. Let me describe my viewing experience. Oh, well, please do. So I go over to our good friend Brendan Riley's house, his apartment, rather. Okay, with all the furniture? Yeah. <laughs> it was a little cleaner than usual. I appreciate it. And he cooked us two different New York strips. Okay. Godzilla. Versus Kong, if you will. One was a slightly more expensive cut, even though they're both strips. And it was like, we're going to do a blind taste test and see which is better. Okay. But yeah, I didn't even put that together until just now. But yeah, it was very, you know, this steak versus this steak. Yeah. You had some veggies on the side because you got to have your vegetables. I guess that's the humans in this giant analogy that I'm about to give you. Yeah. So yeah, dude, we had two badass steaks. Incredibly well prepared. I watched him do it the whole thing. It was it was great. Cast iron skillet, spices, herbs. Tantalizing. Yes. Parsley, sage, and I don't think he hit them all. I forget. Anyways. Bernays or no Bernays? No Bernays. <sighs> no Bernays. You didn't need me. it. Didn't need it, to be honest with you. I mean. It didn't need anything. Listen, I didn't put any sauce on listen, it. This was just. You didn't have any of my steak at New Year's, but I'm telling you. You're getting me off topic. You got to go back and have some. And. <laughs> See if it compares. Oh, I will be going back to that place for sure. Yes. We have that decent glass of red wine. It was all right. We immediately switched to White Zombie. This podcast once again brought to you by White Zombie IPA. Good beer. Go Who's the brewer? Who, who brews it? Uh, that is from Catawba Brewery. Okay, right here in sunny Charleston, South Carolina. All right, I think Catawba. <laughs> Catawba, isn't that like its own place here? It's definitely a, a Native American name. Native uh, American tribe, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, okay, we're looking here. We're yeah. looking. And, we're exploring uh, the can. Yeah, it's nice and Explore purple. the space. Yes. Feel it out. It wants I, guess, to, I guess you got to look it, them up. It does. I believe they are South Carolina. Based. That would sound... I, that makes sense to me. Maybe like a Myrtle Beach area, maybe? Yes. Who knows? It's, it's good. Yeah. Anyways, we proceed to watch Godzilla vs. Kong on... He has a very nice flat screen. Yeah. I believe we were watching in 4K. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. And I tell you, about 20 minutes into this thing, mm-hmm. right around the time that they're gearing up for the first bout, right around the time that Kong's about to just fucking just deck Godzilla right in the face on that aircraft carrier, mm-hmm. I turn to Brendan and I say, this is great, but I think we made a mistake. I think we should have seen this on the big screen. <laughs> but... On that flat screen, gorgeous presentation. Mm-hmm. I had an absolute blast with this movie. Of I don't know about you. No, I listen. My little tiny, regular Vizio, no 4K, whatever that's done the trick for years, perfectly fine. I, I guess it was like, from what Perk was telling me, it's about like 200 bucks. I guess you could rent out a space through. I don't know what he was doing because we tried to do it like a couple days later. After it came out, and it just like by the time he was like, we, I was like, yeah, I can get off work and be back or be up at AMC by the mall. Like by the time you guys get up here, I think he like went back to check and they were all sold out because he was gonna do it on like Friday night. Because I was wanting to see like how many people, what's the parameters. Because to me, I feel like you could have maybe survived or brought in a little bit of money if you'd have moved to that model instead of we're closing up shop. Like maybe rent them out as like private viewings. And in the meantime, enough to where, like, you could have people 
when somebody gets there, they all get checked for their temperature. When before we started, I mean, I'm talking right. like the day they said we're done, and you could have had some revenue, maybe at least, maybe not a ton, but at least make a little bit of operating cost, so you're not like in the red the entire time. You know that this the whole as a franchise. Like I know Regal said they're going to be opening up again soon. You know, further and further, but I mean, you and I both saw movies during quote-unquote pandemic quarantine from a non, you know, big three company. So that that's yeah. cool. I haven't but, been in a bit. I do want to catch Nobody, the Odenkirk movie. Oh, dude. But, I've been, I, that came out of nowhere. <clears throat> I, did, I can't even find oh, it streaming. Been, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not. I know, that's the best part. It's like, it's I'm only saying, in theaters. Yeah, and I feel like it, it did well its weekend, but like comparatively, Kong, I think worldwide made like 50 mil yeah. in the... Granted, they had like a five-day weekend because they opened on a Wednesday. But they also released in but, China first, right? But I don't even think this 53 was part of that total. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, so I think it's even done better than that already. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm considering also, I, I do want to go see Nobody, but I'm also considering going to see this again on the big screen. Oh, of course, just I want to. the spectacle to. of it all. Yeah, I, I definitely want um, to. If you want to talk about like any of the human characters or any of the the plot or the narrative around this movie, we can. I thought it was completely superfluous and like it didn't need any of it. I was not invested in anybody. I do have one question. Did you watch Godzilla King of the Monsters? Yes. Okay. Did I miss like a shit ton of world building? Because I definitely felt like being thrust into this, having not seen that. I saw Skull Island. Mm-hmm. Of course, is like set the, several decades prior right. to any of this, and literally the only King Kong thing you have is like you like Godzilla had the Cranston one that did a. I I enjoyed that in the theaters. Did not like it. Yeah, Huge it, disappointment. It was it it wasn't like the best. It wasn't. <laughs> it was no. It was more Godzilla two thousand. A lot less Godzilla ninety eight. For me. Huge disappointment based on a fantastic trailer, right? Which I was very hyped for, mm-hmm. and Cranston, which I was very hyped for at the time. Um, it did not deliver to the point that I skipped the next one, right? Which I've heard is okay. I, I haven't heard anybody say like you got to see this, but I I was kind of like okay. If I had seen that, would I be a little more invested on the ground level human character stuff? Because I just really wasn't. It was nice having all those people around, I guess. I enjoyed most of the actors that are in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I could care less about literally oh, yeah. any of them. But when this movie has Godzilla and King Kong fighting each other, it's about as good as like a blockbuster spectacle, like why you go to these types of movies, mm-hmm. that it can be. Yeah. And it's like, I guess you need all of that other stuff, but there is the part of me that's like, can we just make an hour and a half essentially not silent, but like dialogueless film where you just visually tell me, like, I don't need you to explain here's a magical axe that is powered by the same energy that Godzilla breathes. Like, you can just show it to me. You don't have to, like, give me this whole lore and backstory. You can just be like, hey, King Kong, here he found an axe. Hey, Godzilla can charge this axe. They're buddies now? They're friends? Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, when Brennan and I sit down, he's like, who you got, man? Oh, God. Who you got? And I was like, I mean, honestly, going into this, Kong. Because mm-hmm. I loved Skull Island, and I thought the Godzilla reboot was not great. 
So I'm like, obviously Kong, man. But I told him from the get-go, I said, I'm telling you now, though, neither one of them will win. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them is going to win. I was like, if anything, I said this before like, the credits are, are starting. I was like, if anything, they'll do a Batman versus Superman thing. And these guys are going to fight each other a couple times. And you know what they're going to realize at the end of the day? Hey, we're kind of on the same side. There's, there's bigger fish to fry. Right. We got to go fight this thing. And I was like, that's probably what it's going to be. Now, even having that at the outset, I, I'm dumb. Because obviously this is like screenwriting 101 if you're doing this movie. When they reveal that Mecha Godzilla is at play, and that's going to be the thing that they're going to have to fight in the end. Mm-hmm. I literally jumped off the couch and cheered. I was like, "Yes, yeah, th- this is this is how you do this." Yes, um, and that was that was most of the movie. Again, when Kong and Godzilla are on screen, was me just like on the edge of my seat, like this is glorious, dude. Incredible CG. They did not skimp whatsoever. Nope. And Adam Wingard, I got to hand it off to dude. The action direction, the fluid camera throughout this where you just kind of like flow through right. the fight yeah. scenes and i thought personally they managed to like maintain the sense of scale and all of that and really haven't seen it paralleled since the og pacific rim right. that was the last time i was like truly impressed Damn, by like god, there was a second oh my pacific god rim. the fusion of like cg and everything that they're doing here but also just the sheer scale of it right really plays even on a small screen because we've talked about movie to bring up Snyder again from last early a couple weeks ago's episode, whatever we want to call it. Um, like three hundred is a movie I've talked about where it's like in the theater, incredible, like rousing experience the first time seeing it, and the first time I got it home on DVD, it was just like, oh, this just got like close to halved in terms of my like experience right. just right off the bat. And you start to notice more. You're just like, this is meant to be seen this way, and that's pretty much it. But this, I was like, I, again, I do want to go to theaters, possibly. And at the very least, while it's still on HBO Max and free, I'm probably going to go back to some of these sequences and basically do my like greatest hits. Because the aircraft carrier sequence. Yes incredible mm-hmm. i also we clocked it we literally like paused it it was like dude 20 minutes in they're getting to a fight we're on the right track like they're they're Do doing you this play right. a drinking game and all during this like i feel like you should have done that yes in retrospect we that would have been fun and we should have also chosen sides except we both agreed we were like kong dude like we're pulling for kong and it ends up being this is very much skull island 2 guest starring Godzilla. <laughs> well, I, you need that because there is no buildup. There is not two movies to go to to say this. Right. Because, it needs to be more of his right, movie, because arguably. The thing I will tell you about King of the Monsters is that there is a there's a big trepidation about like, okay, what do we do with him? Because like we are kind of in agreement that like he doesn't come after us. He doesn't want to hurt us. He is our protector, so to speak. But if he's here anything else that may want to mess with us could be here. So you have, so does that movie set up this whole hollow earth concept? And like, this is the origin point of all the monsters or is that unique to this movie? The move, the King of the monsters says that they come from somewhere. We don't know there, okay. there may be a reference to it. Cause so I watched when we that jump like, to it in this, like we've made a leap forward in terms of understanding. It, also, it sets the premise for why that guy is inside the giant skull. 
hooked up to it. That is a, a one of the three-headed beasts that he fought in the last movie. Ghidorah. G- yeah, that. Ghidorah. Yes. Okay. So, again, I, I don't... I don't... <laughs> You don't totally need to explain to me how you get to the point where, like, the spirit, the remnant spirit of Ghidorah imbues Mechagodzilla with the ability to fight without a pilot, essentially. Like, again, you can just show that to me. You don't have to, like, tell Mm -hmm. me that that's what's happening. But, like, I also didn't care how they got there. But the fact that, like, oh, dude, it made me want to go back and watch this movie this movie which i had no interest in prior and it also makes me want to go back and watch skull island but Mm -hmm. my other question to you did we jump like a bit in the future because i also did stop at one point about you know an hour and 40 into this and look at brennan i was just like dude what year are we in because the tech that they're like flying around and i'm like all of a sudden it looks like cyberpunk or something Mm -hmm. like that you know and i'm just like did i miss like this is in a different time, and, like, Kong is eternal, so it's fine that, like, he was in the 70s and shit, like, in the in Skull Island. And then... I believe that in the, if I'm not mistaken, there might have been, like, a, a, an, a deleted scene or, like, an end capper in King of the Monsters that showed... That teases Godzilla, or well, King teases Kong, Kong, rather, excuse me. Because, like, where you meet Kong in that containment area, you you don't know where he comes from from Skull Island. Either right. they just scooped up Skull Island and put it on this thing, and it wasn't as big as we thought, or they've captured him somehow. But I think in the plot they say something about like when the wave came and like killed the went to the island, it destroyed everybody but the little girl. So maybe like Godzilla's ascendance caused massive chaos on Skull Island, which caused Kong to very Batman v Superman, right? Yeah, it caused him to you know. <laughs> have to leave i just like the idea that warner brothers is just like cannibalizing its own yes yeah it's it's big ip stuff they're Mm -hmm. just like we'll just riff on that a little bit yeah uh i had i had a blast with it but yeah i was gonna ask you like aircraft carrier um or kind i mean the final set piece which i love it was like, oh, there's 30 minutes left and we're like gearing i'm like it's just gonna be one big final yeah like this is great um, but yeah, in Hong Kong, just the crazy neon skyline, mm-hmm. like I loved all of that, but I, I thought both were like superb action filmmaking sequences, like blockbuster movie sequences, the likes of which I ha- just, I haven't been like that wowed by something, especially on my TV Yeah, in a while. I was just, I was, I was rather blown away by it. My, again, my only like knocks against the movie are just like, I don't need all of these human characters and I don't need like here. Well, here's the ones on Godzilla's side and here's the, I know you, you feel like you need them Mm -hmm. and therefore you have to give them stuff to do in the midst of these battles, which seems like, how about, let them fight. <laughs> like just back off. Oh yeah. No, guys. Ken Nondanami was perfect in the, in the original in Godzilla. Yes. Uh, yeah. The idea that, that the kid from Deadpool two is there just to throw Coke on a computer blows your mind now the thing i did appreciate because i love a an eccentric bad guy is the dude from the bridge dude demian bashir i mean any movie dude i'm like give me but the thing i appreciate is what's his uh paper boy i fucking love that he was in this movie again no and he was he was great but i also was just like you know i wish if it wasn't him i would be on the board with you saying 
don't need him because I want him to be seen more by people. Well, and, and I, I want him to be in a big budget movie so that people I be like, who is that like dude? Consistently had yeah, bigger and bigger yeah, moments. And that's, but yes, no, to the point where I wish I was like, if anything, we just need to like trim the fat on this a bit. Like make him more of a central character. Do we need five or six different people on each side right. all with like different stuff going on? Uh, Skarsgård... I mean, when does he not do it for me? I mean, but he he is totally in, like, the comedic, yes. over-the-top version of this movie. Yes. Which does not totally mesh with, like, Rebecca Hall, who's taking it 100% serious. Right. Like, God bless her. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, but just great oh, moments throughout oh, yeah. where it's like we could just sit here and be like, it was really cool when he punched him in the face. It was really cool when uh, he he popped his shoulder back into place. Oh, dude, what he was really cool. <laughs> what he does? Yeah, that, it was dude. like one of the single coolest things I've seen like, in a movie in a long is, time. Where I was just is, like, is he yeah. fucking Riggs from Lethal Weapon? Is this <laughs> yes. what we're doing right now? So great, McAllister. Who's next? Like, just <laughs> yeah. No, and the thing is, is like for my my takeaway was that since I didn't have, I had Skull Island, which. Is, fucking rocks is a perfect movie if you ask me i think i think is still superior to this simply because the human characters in that are all fun it is such a fun adventure it movie. knows what it is yes i like they're all archetypes and some are stereotypes but like they work for what i want from one of these action movies right. where it's like they don't need to be like super well defined and have all these motivations. Just give me likable movie stars being movie stars mm-hmm. and keep it moving. And yeah. Skull Island does such a good job of that. But it's also it's funny and it's fun. And there's not a ton of like that side in this movie. It's definitely more like we're taking this fucking seriously. You get a little bit of banter with like Brian Tyree Henry and the, yeah. and the kids essentially. You get a little bit of lightness to break it up, but it's more more heavy in tone right. than Skull Island, which is just like. Just a fun adventure movie, and another one I regretted not seeing in the theater. Me too. Yeah, I, because I and I, I the whole time watching it, I'm thinking, I I don't remember ever really being into monster movies, feature creature features, any of that kind of stuff. I I just feel like not that I I'm not allowed to like them or anything like an indie movie. I just <laughs> feel like I just missed the boat on like you know the old 50s like giant ants and like all this stuff like the the monster movie i just feel right. like i yeah, missed yeah it's it's not a genre it's, not I go, a, it's not a genre yeah. i go back to because like, like what's really entertaining is like the 70s kong with um jeff bridges and jessica like, Lange. yeah that's like it, the and maybe it's because it's inherently it's got that spirit of like adventure with the kong stuff of like we're going on this tiny thing to go to this island to find this eighth wonder of the world whereas like obviously if you don't know godzilla's born out of like japanese fear of the atomic bomb essentially mm-hmm. if you want to break it down in a nutshell like so but the idea that like that thing coming from the water could be our protector that's cool but like if anything's coming out of the water i want it to be cthulhu you know and like that would have made the movie that would have bumped my movie from an 8 to an 8.5 would if they, they were, have to fight cthulhu no after. no if cthulhu would just have been a marker like on the wall and the upside down the the un, the hollow earth right you know because as we all know cthulhu was cast out and put on earth and you know basically dwells underneath that, all this that would have been a nice teaser that would be great apparently we're not i am curious if after the success of this one because they said they were like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the capper for our monsterverse. Like, we brought them together. 
you got to see him fight for a little bit, and then they fought Mechagodzilla. Like, what else? What else do you want from us? Basically, we've hit, we've covered all the bases. We right. fought all the other monsters in the previous movie. Right. So they've said it's done. I am curious if like maybe we get another Kong movie because I'm again, it's so it's so much more Kong Kong centric than it is Godzilla to the point where I'm just like, dude, give me another movie with this guy, mm-hmm. and please make it an hour and a half long and have no dialogue. Just the girl who does sign language with him. Just give me subtitles, man. Like, that's all I want. Give me old 30 silent movie cards. Like, that's fine that. with me. Yeah. yeah. Why not? But yeah, I just, I, I need more of this guy in my life. Yeah. Love Kong. Love him. Long live the king. Great representation here. Yeah. He yeah. was fantastic. Um, you think he got paid scale or per diem or what? <laughs> uh, probably a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> Lots of bananas. I'm sure, yeah. A ton. Speaking of As bananas. many trees as he could devour. Right. That is the thing I do love about him, is like when he's in the Hollow Earth and he's just like, like he kills the shit and he's like, I'm going to eat this thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I like, fu- all right, fuck, I, this, this is all right for me. And he just, just watching that interaction, it's like, I could Dude, literally follow, I... the way the camera follows him, I could follow that, like, just a day of him just getting up, scratching his ass while, yeah. you know. I would love, fish. I, I like, have no idea behind the scenes wise, but like I plan on getting the Blu-ray at some point. I yeah. assume we'll get to see some of this, but I was curious. I was like, is this some form of motion capture in some of the fight sequences? Cause if it's not, and they're animating this essentially from scratch, holy shit. Like mm-hmm. it, it definitely, it will be in the visual effects category. This coming, oh, sure. this coming Oscars, you just, not you, this one, but you, you get the Blu-ray and it's just Andy Circus. <laughs> he's, he's like fooled you again. Yep, it was me the whole time. Yeah, I mate. I did all of them. He's like, I literally did all of them. Yeah, I was just fighting with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be fantastic. I had a blast with it. It's on HBO Max for like twenty more days, I think. If you haven't watched it yet, we usually endorse it. If you can go see it safely in a theater, yeah, definitely go for it. Definitely worth the uh, the price of admission. And see, Again, I don't, like, I don't, go ahead, I don't, no, I, I don't think that it's, I don't mean COVID aside, I think this would regardless would be a push for, you gotta see this in theaters. I think this and maybe a handful of other movies in the past couple years, I've kicked myself for not going to see in theaters because if you look at it, it is sort of like an event thing and it could potentially bring a bunch of people together because you have people that are our age that like we know about King Kong in the 70s and the 2005 Peter Jackson and Skull Island and theoretically in this time frame we could have had children to bring because I don't feel like it's anything too much that a kid couldn't go just to be like oh look it's Kong it's Godzilla you know it's still it's still I don't want to seem sound like it's hokey or like it's something, but it's it's one of those that I look at like that's why we still have theaters. That's why we still make things to be seen on a big screen because it lends itself to that. You know? Like again, I saw Synchronic on a small screen or on a theater screen. And I could have just as easily seen it on on at home. But for I enjoyed every, it, the visuals, the way that movie is shot and the way it looks. For everybody listening right now, Synchronic, which appeared, I know, on your year-end yes. list and was, uh, I think, on my honorable mentions, it's on Netflix now. Oh, okay, good. So if you held out and didn't shill out the money earlier, you can go watch it on Netflix. Good. I, I think they were, very smartly, they were like, oh, everybody's over on Disney Plus checking out Anthony Mackie? 
you know what? They got to wait a week for a new episode. So we're going to throw up some chronic. We're going to get him back over here on Netflix right. in the meantime. That's I mean, he's got think. like two or three out on Netflix. I hope right that now. is going to. Yeah, I didn't watch the one, the kind of futuristic sci fi one with him and like an AI. Yeah. From early, That was like February of this year. Right. I think. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I skipped that one. I thought, honestly, I thought that would be something you'd check out and tell me either. I like, hey, to. do it. Yeah, or I need to. It's, it I just, right. I, I, it's so much Anthony Mackie in the last couple months, man. Yeah. He's killing it. Um, yeah, so I think that caps off Skull Island. Do you want to talk Falcon and Winter Soldier while we're at it? Yeah, we can. Um, I've been, you, ca- I've been you caught weekly. up? Yeah, I'm all caught up. All right. How, I mean, how are you feeling? You enjoying it? I am <laughs> loving Wyatt Russell. I was John Walker. I, of course. As soon as soon as I saw the face, I was like, "That looks like." Oh if anything, God, it is. I'm just disappointed that we only have three more episodes, and like, how much more can we get of him? How many? We only have doing. They're only doing six. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, they are. They're like 45 minutes. They're definitely longer. Than oh, longer they are. Than You're right. That is. They are. Oh, so, they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I said it the other day. If this is how you want to inform me while I'm not watching movies. This is how you do it. Because I almost texted you when I finally did watch it because we recorded Justice League. Right. And I still didn't get to it until I think the Sunday after that. Mm -hmm. Finally throw on the first episode. And that first like 15 minute action sequence, I was going to text you after I finished it and just be like, that literally kicked the shit out of everything. In the entire four hour and two minute runtime of Zack Snyder's Justice League, from a pure action storytelling yes. perspective, I was like, not that we constantly need to pit DC versus Marvel. Like, we don't have to, but we but should. When we do, it's very hard to be like, oh well, there's there's things I like about both, but like you know what? At the end of the day, they're kind of even. They're really. Not. They're really not. They're literally giving you like what could be the climax of any of their feature films. Right. In the first 15 minutes of their streaming show. Mm-hmm. All of the money on the screen. Fantastic action spectacle. And I was just like... I, it was another one where I kind of just wanted to like, you know... at. 2.30 a.m. just stand up and cheer in the middle of my apartment yeah. after I finished it where I was just like again I hadn't even finished the episode I was just like right. you didn't get what, the a best breathless, part. what a breathless opening and then yeah and then I loved oh we're we're not even gonna we're not even gonna put them together nope until we'll see each other the two. first episode yeah yeah I appreciated uh, that but yeah loving loving Wyatt Russell agreed I mean cause I didn't look at anything about the movie I just literally was I just had like, no idea when he the show and to the point, dude, when he popped up at the end of the episode, I was like, okay, who the fuck is that guy? And then, in the, you know, only a few days later, I start seeing, like, fans react to <laughs> Wyatt Russell's Captain America. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? And I was like, oh, I know that Chen. I know that Chen profile. You look like your dad when yeah. you have that thing on. Mm-hmm. It was like, dude, this is if Kurt Russell had played Captain America Instead of Matt Salinger back in the day. Yeah, exactly. This is what that would have looked like. Well, no, because, like, I noticed, I saw the, chi- like, when they, when they did the, you know, the, I don't, I don't know if they put his credit in the first movie, or the first credit sequences, but they showed a picture of him, and I, for a minute, I thought it was Matt Smith 
from Doctor oh, Who. Gotcha, I was gotcha. like, who is? And I had to go look. And I was like, holy fucking shit, it's Wyatt Russell. Because, I mean, in my opinion, if you want to tie it into something that has nothing to do with it, they fished John Walker out of wherever the hell Wyatt Russell wound up in Overlord. And okay. he's back from the dead. And he's I had the super soldier serum the entire time. I thought you were going to connect it to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But, okay. Oh, yeah, you could do that. But Secretly, he's got, like, the powers of a living planet. He just doesn't know it. He's a he, bastard child of ego. He, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he hasn't been pushed to the limit yet. He doesn't know. He's the other, yeah. Yeah. He's Peter Quill's evil twin, who's yeah. now Captain America. Right. That could have been interesting. Well, because, like, I know at some point, I don't know if there's a writing campaign, but I know that Captain America gives, like, Steve Rogers gives up the moniker and gives up the shield as Captain America. And then it's like a fake assassination. I know at some point Bucky Barnes does become takes up the mantle as Captain America. There's been many. There's been so many, many iterations. So, here. but I love that they put that into this show because it allows you to let Chris Evans leave and be like, "Damn, I'm not making that money. What did I do? I'm walking away from this. I am Captain America. How fucking stupid am I? I'll come back." Because from what I remember reading a couple months ago, it was like he's. Probably going to come back whenever they do whatever they're going to do again. But he just likes to talk about how, like, oh, it's a lot of time and this. It's like, dude, you are Captain America. People, you, no, you're no more. You're not Jakey. Jakey about to make a big mistake anymore <laughs> from not another team movie. You're fucking Steve Rogers, Captain America. Live it. Own it. Who cares? <laughs> do it. Um, just do it. I would, <laughs> I would love for him to return, but him returning also means something that I've I've talked about with several other people off mic. I don't know if you and I have ever really directly addressed it, but I'm like, we've been living in a comic book movie world for quite some time. Right. And I wonder if the final threshold for when that starts to not dwindle, but just dim a little bit, mm-hmm. lose a little bit of the initial, like, everybody's going out opening weekend, the broad mass appeal where you've got like grandmas that have watched all of right. the MCU is when you start to remove all sense of stakes from it. Right. Because as soon as you bring back cap, it's like, Hey, by the way, if you've ever read a comic book, continuity does not matter. None of these stories have any actual endpoint. Anything can be undone or redone or remixed. However the fuck we see fit. And it's like, as they continue to make, these movies more like comic books will eventually the people who don't read comic books and aren't invested in this type of storytelling eventually are some people going to check out when they're like oh well this is just like you know i thought we had a nice clean overarching 23 movie like saga but now with this multiverse stuff like i don't know where i'm going i feel i feel like some people if anybody's gonna tap out it's going to be in the early goings of this next movie phase. With no, I mean, Eternals, Doctor Strange 2. No, 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 no. no but, uh, but Black Widow is going to be the test. Because if no one goes to see Black Widow, COVID aside, if it does not make or have a significant impact at all, you that's, that's where you'll start to see the effect wear off. Because everybody who loves these movies is going into this movie asking the same question. How does this fit into anything else yeah, I've seen? Why? When why does this, this happen? Movie? Why yes. is why now? You know, okay, yeah, you let DC beat you with Wonder Woman, you know, first female superhero and first female big director of one. Great. And we, we all talk about how the first Wonder Woman, really great. Really good movie. I enjoyed it, you know. But 
now you're giving me a character who, if I'm going on your big timeline, I'm not supposed to care about because they're already dead. So if you don't give me a way to like fix all this, then well, I mean, for me as the just the movie goer, not the like fan of this stuff. Mm-hmm. The simple fact that we have David Harbor, yes, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, and most importantly Florence Pugh in this movie, and Rachel Weisz, right? She's and Rachel Weisz, excuse me, how can I forget? Who's probably going to be Taskmaster? But yes, if we. That's the attraction level for me oh, yeah, of course. on this where I'm just like, I just want to see all these actors. So it's like where it connects in the larger universe, like I don't care. Yeah, me I neither. literally don't care. But yeah, I think you're I think you're right. It'll be interesting to see how it plays. And especially if, given that like, okay, Kong versus or Godzilla versus Kong comes out, did really well. Best anything's done in a while. But they have already announced Black Widow is Thirty dollars Disney Plus premiere access when it comes out. It will be in theaters as well, and it's like that seems to make sense of like split the difference. Like some people are still going to want to stay home and aren't going to want to do the large crowds, but there was part of me that it's like, oh, are they looking at the success and going, hey, maybe we nix the the Disney thing and like we just go all theatrical. And see if we can like bump those numbers up even higher. Because at the end of the day, we're Marvel. That's Warner Brothers. Like yeah. that's that's how I feel like they look at all this shit. Mm-hmm. And just the one-upsmanship. I I wonder if splitting because I don't know if they reported like their numbers for like Mulan and stuff like that. And I I'm telling you right now, I'm not paying thirty dollars for no. Black Widow. I'll go see it in a theater for a third of the price. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm you not going to drop thirty dollars for you it. Won't. But, the, but, but no, 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 no. I'm saying families and you, people who want to rewatch but, it immediately. But let's, too. Just, let's just say this: if you, me, and Brendan throw ten dollars at Disney, guess what? The three of us could go sit and watch it together. You can make three steaks instead of two. Right. I get to enjoy one. <laughs> there we go. Or we go to the we go to the fat hen first, and we we test them out. I don't have to test his. I can just eat another fat hen steak. All right. And then we can go back to I'm wherever. Liking where this is headed. I think Except, we're that's what I'm plans. saying. It's like <laughs> it it works because. That's the thing you're thinking is like, oh, it's $30. But like if it's 10, 15, 12, whatever, a ticket, that's one person's viewing. Right. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. There's They don't have, from what I understand, there is no rights the way that like an MMA fight is. Because when you buy an MMA fight, you buy it on screen. So mm-hmm. if you're in a bar and like three screens have this fight, that's three times they've paid whatever the MMA price is. And usually it's like fucking 50, 60 bucks. A bar can do that no problem. Right. Whereas you have one person pay 60 bucks in a household, they've got 20, 30 people sitting around watching it. So the idea that, oh, it's 30 bucks, yeah, it's 30 bucks. But like if you have a buddy who's been, you know, quarantined forever, has a dope movie movie room in his house, and he trusts everybody to come over and they're not going to bring any COVID with them, hey, 30 bucks is nothing. And they're, they're going to lose, they would lose solely. Doing thirty bucks on Disney Plus, right. at least this gives them the revenue of, you know, hey, you know, we'll get something from it. And again, at the end of the day, they're not hurting for it because it's Disney. I mean, they it, right. the day Disney's hurting, that's when the real Hunger Games are going to start. You know, because yeah. they're just going to stop. They're just going to call in all their debts. They're going to be it'd be them, Johnson and Johnson, and um, Viacom. Unless Disney owns Viacom, which I think they do, so never mind. It'd be Disney, Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer, Pfizer, and um, General Electric. They're in there somewhere. Yeah, they kind of faded to the background. J.P. Morgan Chase and uh, 
Rock, Rockefeller, whatever his shit is. I don't know what he owned. What and he, Bezos. And Bezos, yes. Yeah. Oh, of course, and Zuckerberg. It'll speaking be, of yeah. speaking of Bezos, um, we'll keep it somewhat current, uh, and then eventually we'll transition into just whatever we watches. All right, have you checked out any of Invincible on Amazon Prime? No, I've not. I see you have been. Okay. I recommend you check it out. Okay. I don't know your familiarity level. It's based on a Robert Kirkman comic, which oh, I've read. That like, is his other one. I've read right. like two or three trades. Enjoyed it, but didn't stick with it forever. That's how I am with comics in general these days. But uh, incredible voice cast. Oscar nominee Stephen Yun oh, is the lead. You got okay. J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, Walton Goggins, what? John Hamm. It's it's a crazy cast. Was this on the was this on the level, or, or was this a hey we can put this together real quick because of COVID? Oh, this was this was coming. This has been in the okay. Works that's what I'm just curious. Um, the animation is is great. I mean, it looks like the comic book, and not to spoil it for you again. I mean, he did The Walking Dead. It is incredibly violent. Oh, like, good. Like we're because we're animation. I think we can outdo the boys with our level Whoa, of violence, okay. and it's very much like very referential and reverential of the the entire just comics of it all across both dc and marvel but like you have stand-ins essentially for the justice league where it's like i can tell based on the way that these people are dressed and their color coordination what their power set is without like having to be toned that sort of stuff yeah um and just great references playing with it but it is it's not winky at the same time, if that makes sense. It's like, this is the universe of this show. You bring to it your comics knowledge. Right. But, like, the show is not actively winking at you. I think in the way that, like, The Boys is sometimes, mm-hmm. which I love about it. Yeah. But it's like, you would sit there and think, like, okay, two kind of adult superhero shows, both on Amazon. Like, why would they pay for both these other than the fact that, like, one's animation, one's live action. But they... They accomplish different goals in different ways. I guess is what I'm saying. It's like, well, they do, and they do I feel like them. people who are like may look at it and be like, "Oh, I don't know about this." It, it's its own thing. I'm only two episodes deep. There's four up so far, mm-hmm. but well, I, I challenge just... you to get to the end of this pilot and, and not be watch everyone because it it managed to pull off visually in the show the way that like early seasons of The Walking Dead and uh, frankly reading the walking dead yeah actually does where it's like you feel the momentum building in the last few pages of an issue or a chapter or section if you're reading a trade paperback and all of a sudden it's just like panel 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 mind blown holy shit was not expecting that and they managed to do that at the end of this pilot in such a way where i was just like dude that that's one of those, that's like an all-timer scene immediately where I'm just like, holy shit, that was fucking great. Okay. And immediately hooked me into watching more of it. I, and I'm kind of, it comes out every Friday. I think we got 10 total. Uh, they released three initially, and there's okay. been one Friday that's passed since. So, uh, But I'm, I'm taking it at a gingerly pace, but I probably, if if more of them release and then I have a bunch to binge, I probably will. But it's it's good, and it's like if I'm not mistaken, they're like 45 minute episodes as well. They're not, okay. you know, it's not short form. It's not like 22 minute episodes or anything. Good stuff. 
recommend it. That's uh, Invincible on Amazon Prime. And you can jump in wherever. That's pretty much all of our... I'm sure we'll have some other new-ish stuff to talk about. But basically, if you want to tune out, you're more than welcome to. Uh, we love you guys. But uh, we're. I think the rest of this episode is just going to be a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of what we've been watching. Yeah. And we'll I see got, where it goes. I got a few, I got a few like re's, but I got a ton of new stuff. All right. Well, I'm into it. Hit me with whatever you want to. But yeah, uh, if you are tuning out now, make sure to rejoin us later this month for Super Mario Brothers X Michael Clayton <laughs> <laughs> on our latest 2 by 2 retro review. Looking forward to it. Two great picks from our lovely listeners and Instagram followers. Speaking of which, follow us on Instagram at the RKV Network. Email us with any suggestions, thearkv at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at the RKV and also on Facebook, which Gavin handles. Just search for the RKV. Indeed. All right. Uh, shall we? Lay, lay it on me, this, this monstrous, monstrous list. Oh, okay. All right. So let's do, uh, let's go with rewatches first. Okay. Because it's pretty short. Fair um, enough. Uh, first rewatch up on the list is going to be a little movie called Dread, which I heard that there's some kind of production on another Dread-centric thing that doesn't have him in focus, but okay. it does deal with Mega City One or something like that. People uh, want Carl Urban to be back in it. He's ready for it. We need a fucking sequel. That movie. The is fact amazing. that we didn't get one is pretty incredible. Now, granted, it's just the raid with Judge Dread, right? Um, what you would have to complain about within that? Nothing. I have no idea. Literally, <laughs> uh, nothing. great movie. I've been meaning to rewatch it myself. It's actually saved on. Did you watch it on Prime? Yeah. I was gonna say it's either on Prime or Max, but I I have it saved in a queue right now because okay, I was good. like it's it's been quite a while. But yeah, another one. Did not see it in the theater. Totally regret it, and it's just it definitely a cult movie at this point. But that was the start of. Carl Urban, who now, thanks to the boys, everybody's in love with again. But that was the first like time I mean, post if, Lord of the Rings and kind of him milling around in movies for quite a while, but never really like popping. Mm-hmm. Dread was the first time with again most of his face not visible, where it was just like, dude, he's fucking great. Like yeah. he's so good because the Chronicles of Riddick was not doing it, bro. No, <laughs> and the fact that like. He has that push. I'm thinking, like, if he gets the green light, give me a 10-episode, like, not even Origins. Just give me 10 episodes, different shit that he's dealing with. The first yeah, three get... are precarious. The la- the next three set up the final three in a big finale. It's that simple. You walk around with him for a few episodes. You sit the rumblings of this thing going on in the background. You get the amps, the stakes amped up, and then you hit a big finale with a do we, don't we get the bad guy and come back next season. It's that simple. I mean, right? It's, Dread it's, it's is there. definitely one of those I think would function oh, well God, as a TV yes. show, for sure. With the shit they're putting up on Netflix, I don't see why Amazon... And again, I was going to say, like, Amazon just spent all that money... Let's bring back on... RoboCop while we're at it. Yeah. Demolition okay. Man, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Okay. Um, they just spent all that money on two two things with Chris Pratt coming out. They have the, the Tomorrow War, and then they have another... It's based off a book. Oh, I will tease this while we were still talking about Amazon for a second. What's that? Have you seen the trailer for Without Remorse? Yes. With Mr. Michael B. Jordan? I fucking... We will definitely be covering that. Day one, day one. Either at the end of this month or uh, 
into next month. I cannot wait for that movie. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited as well. Yeah. I'm really uh, we are That's covering our first cr- big like prime release of the year. Right. We are covering mostly the HBO Creed Max movies so in this. So, in this, this has been this has been the debate and here's the thing with the the 2 by 2 with the Cousins Blanchard. It's the Karate Kid versus Rocky. The first in each franchise, but I feel like it's impossible to have that conversation without bringing the franchise into it. So, what I have said to them independently is like, we're definitely going to leave room for like a debate over Who the merits fight? of the individual franchises. Daniel versus but, Adonis versus Rocky. Sure, I mean, we can do all of that as well. Versus Drago. But 100% what I think we agreed across the board with the cousins and with mom who got involved with this as yeah, well. Yeah, mom did get involved. Which is 100%. Yes, Creed is part, Creed 1 and Creed 2 are definitely a part of the franchise. You got to count them. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, even we we said going into this, I'm on Team Karate Kid. Obviously, I think we both are. But when you do that and you include Creed One and Creed Two, yes, you have more movies from one franchise flat out. Even if you include three seasons of Cobra Kai, right? But it's hard. It's hard to argue that the three best movies in the Rocky franchise um, don't beat out the three best movies in the Karate Kid franchise. I will admit that. It's very difficult. Because I would say that's Rocky, Creed, and Rocky Balboa. See, I, Those I, three are pretty fucking tough to beat in my book. I, I never saw good Rocky movies. I haven't seen Rocky Balboa. Saw it in the theater with I remember, Mom. Yeah, I remember. Oh, great time. Great yeah. time. She's 100%. She's like, Rocky, how dare you even? And then she asked me, she said, are you saying Karate Kid based on Cobra Kai? And I was like, well, I mean, no, I'm not. But yeah, I guess I am at the same time where it's like, no, I still would judge Karate Kid better. But it's like when I bring Cobra Kai into the conversation, like it does make me like the franchise just a little bit more. It's like, it's the one I grew up with. I love both, Mm -hmm. but... But she was very, she quickly was like, well, I guess I need to watch this here, Cobra Kai, and decide for myself. Well, hopefully and she does. Like, Mom, we've been telling you to watch it for three years. Yes. What are you doing? You it's heard You heard Dad say Banshee one time, and you were on board. Right. We've been telling you fucking Cobra Kai for three Sorry, years. Sorry, we don't have the eye candy of Anthony Starr. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, Zabka. Pretty good looking man these days. Especially those. I mean, did you not see his headshots in the last <laughs> season? The photos he should just hand out to women? I mean, come on. That's awesome. Okay. Um, what, you, what else you got for me? Uh, rewatch Avengers Endgame simply to just get ready for. Found yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah, you got to see where the boys are at. Yeah. Emotionally they, speaking. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Assault on Precinct 13, the remake. Just do it on one night. I. You know, we always back in you know back in the day, children. <laughs> we hosted a podcast called Carpenter Revisited, and one of the things we always talked about was if we ever come back to this or do more content, we would do all of the remakes, yeah, and sh- go back through them and do a versus episode essentially, and kind of like break them down. Are you talking all the remakes of Rio Bravo, or are you talking oh, all the remakes of well, Carpenter's we do movies? That too. We that, do that too. Dude, that was like a fucking. I did that for a class one time. I was like. You know, 
we just remake X, Y, and Z, and Rio Bravo was it. I was like, Rio Bravo is assault on is assault on Precinct Thirteen, which is basically Rio Bravo and A Night of the Living Dead, and then you have you know essentially Car- <coughs> Carpenter remaking himself, you know, with uh, Ghost of Mars, which then again, I mean, the, the premise is simple. Maybe that's why it's timeless and people do it all the time. I just think that the original, when it comes to the two. You can't beat Napoleon Wilson as a as a on screen villain. I mean, it's that's the first villain I think in movies where you're like, this guy's a bad dude, but I fucking like him. You know, I mean, obviously there's others, I'm sure, but like in my in the pantheon of like seeing people, it's like he's your first. Answer. He's like Hans Gruber. It's it, Hans Gruber's the first I've seen. Okay, and then yeah. like I get to um, Hannibal Lecter after that, and then it's Napoleon Wilson. It's like you know these three people who are like. They're not good guys, but like, God, you love to watch them. I fucking like that. There's a a twinkle in their eye. You're like, holy shit, what's behind that? But uh, anyway, yeah. Assault on Precinct 13, the remake. I I bring that up to say that would still be a fun thing to do at some point, even though it would involve watching the Fog remake. I saw that twice in theaters, Noah. I'm not going to lie to you. I wouldn't mind going back to the Thing remake to reassess because I feel like I was very hard on it the first time. It's not a remake, it's a prequel. Yes, excuse me. <clears throat> All of the carpenter the adjacent properties. Yes. Okay. Um, Slackers, Devin Sawa, fun comedy, one of my favorites of that era, and um, the Mummy Returns was a rewatch. Okay. I don't know what happened to that franchise. I don't know if it was what's your face leaving it, but the Mummies, the first Mummy and the Mummy Returns are just really good movies, man. The first one in particular. Yes. The second one I dwindle on a little yeah, bit. It, yeah, it's got it, a, it loses it towards the back It's got end. a shitty kid problem. But, but it, and it's resting on like, well, this was good, right? We'll just stay here, not like, let's move forward a little bit. We so, did get a little more Oded Fair, which yeah. I'm a huge... Is that right? Yeah, that's him. Did I get it right? He's a great Magi. He, yeah, he's... Yeah. You we know. get more of him, which never never been. a bad thing. Exactly. So, um. Yeah, I, re- I remember watching it in the theater on base, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. With the whole family? Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. After The Mummy Returns, my final rewatch is Midnight Special. Been, been meaning to do it. The Midnight Special. Has it been... That movie's not 10 years old yet. How old? <laughs> what was that? Was that like 2014? 2014, 2015, somewhere right in there. there. Eventually, you can uh, force just, me to do it. Oh, dude, it's it's such a, it's just a Jeff Nichols. Love him. If you're listening, where what? are you, buddy? What's going on, man? Maybe he's, maybe, you where know you what? been, buddy? Maybe maybe him and Richard Kelly are hanging out. Maybe. <clears throat> okay, we are back. Uh, just seconds for you guys, but quite a bit for us. We had some technical difficulties. But out of that, Noah was born Sometimes. a brilliant idea. Yes, Gavin Gavin had a, a, a stroke of genius. Doesn't happen often, so, so i got to talk about it whenever I can. We, we've previously teased that when our anniversary hits, we're going to premiere some new feeds. you got some new stuff coming from uh, the Brothers Blanchard, our cousins, as well as uh, a new branded feed called the Auteur Arc which will be the home to our previous director and artist-centric series. So you're going to have Rodriguez revisited, Manhunters, When the Sun Sets East, and most recently, Rerun the Jewels. Yes. Uh, we'll be over on that feed. 
And we were like, well, we need something new to kick it off with, right? Like, right. we've been kind of toying around with what's going to be the thing. we got two-by-two two going. People seem to be enjoying that. we got some fan involvement finally, which is great. So we're going to keep that going here on the main feed. But after the anniversary hits, you can look forward to the shaninning. Shaninning? Shaninning? We're working on it. But what we're trying to fuse working together title. there. We're just going to call it working title. Yes. Right is one Mr. Shea Wiggum. Yes. And Michael Shannon. Yes. Two of our favorite actors uh, who are so active that we realize we've kind of missed like a lot of the last 10 years of their career. Right. So Gavin was like, dude, let's. we willed it down to we take the ones we haven't seen. We throw them in a hat, essentially. I don't think we're going to go chronological order. No, it doesn't matter. But we're going to start with Take Shelter, which I think we figured out is their first movie that they appear in together. Because even in my stroke of genius, I was like, I mean, they've never been in a movie together, right? And you're like, uh, Take, Take Shelter, Shelter and Quarry. Which we have from, not seen. Yes. So I said we, we throw them in a hat. We watch the ones we haven't seen of each of them. And when we're done with that, we capped it off. Nice endpoint. Assuming they don't do another movie together in the meantime. Uh, Quarry, we would finish the the run of the series would be ending with us watching and reviewing that by itself. Which I think might be might be directed by Shea Wiggum? I think so. I feel like I remember him saying something about it last time I watched anything with him talking to anyone. I don't know, though. The trailer looked good. It is not. It is not directed by him. But okay. he is the lead, because I remember thinking, oh, that storyline, Shannon's the lead. Yeah. But no, not the case. Right. Anyways... So yeah, I, as with most of our ideas, I, I think it's good. Yeah. We'd we'll love to hear some feedback if you want to let us know what you think. I think you need to somehow change the audio from I will find him to I will find them <laughs> and like make it them so that like that's just what we, what we play when we start. Yeah. We're going to find all those movies that we missed. Exactly. There we go. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's, back. let's jump back into the list and we're just going to have a little free for all and then we're going to get out of here because we... Delayed the recording time by like okay. half an hour just yeah. now. All right, so I told you, recap real quick. Told you Dread, Endgame, Assault on Precinct 13, yes. Slackers. That's how we got to here. Midnight Special was the last one. Um, oh, sorry, The Hard Way was the last one. Hell yeah. Still on HBO Max? Hell yes. We can't, I feel like that's a movie that has come up at least five or six times in the yeah. history of this podcast. We absolutely love it. James, with the troubled James Woods, yes, and the brilliant Michael J. Fox. Uh, one oh, of the whoa, 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 whoa. don't forget Stephen Lang. Excuse me, the party crasher himself. himself. Yeah, LL Cool J, Luis Guzman. Yeah, uh, who's the who's the girlfriend? I don't know. Oh, she's great. I forget. You forget Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but get... yes, if you've never seen The Hard Way, do yourself a favor. Definitely. I think when we actually tackle the hard way, it should be in lieu of like what are other like buddy cop esque things to stack up against it. There's the one with uh, the name escapes me right now, and you probably know it. There's the one with Billy Crystal and I believe Gregory Hines. Yeah, running scared. Running scared. Yeah, we talked about which that. Which I've never seen. Me neither. Which I've heard is oh. fantastic. I feel like that would be a good pairing. This is one. I, I listened to Lou Diamond Phillips on a podcast and instantly renegades. Have you ever seen it? No. Lou Diamond Phillips, Kiefer Sutherland, 
early 90s okay cop shit is this before or after young guns in the midst of young guns after young guns but before young guns too it's like they came together to work again it looks fucking amazing okay like i have to show you the trailer when when we're done maybe we do that one as an unseen together and pit that one against the hard way because i feel like they're around the same time that they came out but so i'll show you the trailer before like i leave two by two pairing that possibly yeah January, February, March, April, May. May. Might be comparing for June. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. That works. Yeah. You have any TV? Do okay. I have any TV? Yeah. To talk about right now? I got to feel like a little bit. I got to uh, Well, I, I, we mentioned Invincible. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we're both enjoying. I have not started the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Have you? I have. Okay. I love it. Okay, I'm glad to hear it. About it. I just, I've been waiting a bit to take the plunge. I've heard good things. It is, yes. I was also kind of waiting for more episodes to be available. Mm-hmm. Uh, 45 minutes? We're, yeah, we're over a half yeah. hour runtime, so mm-hmm. we're not we're not going short and sweet, Cobra Kai style. Right. But okay, I'm into it. only thing I will say, just, tell you, dude, is try not, to, try not to visualize a ruggedly handsome young Martin Sheen, because that is exactly what Emilio looks like right now. I cannot get a Martin Sheen like a little bit after Apocalypse Now ish okay. out of my head. Like he looks just like him to me. I All can't. Right. I'm having trouble separating the two. Well, it's crazy because he turned and he tipped his hat, and I was like, Emilio. Okay. Well, you you may want to be on this episode, so maybe it needs to be a giant Zoom call. But the plan when Game Changers ends is to do a big season recap slash uh, trilogy ranking episode. With Mr. Sunshine Mayfield and Mr. Max Gongaware from the uh, Bending Not Breaking crew. I would love to do that. Because they are huge Ducks fans. Of course. Ducks so. fly together. <clears throat> and we should all fly together, and I think that'll be a fun episode. Yeah, we should do it. So we'll tease that now. I think that ends in like eight or nine weeks, so you can look forward to it somewhere after that. But yeah, I just haven't started it yet. But I'm excited to, oh, especially good. now that you tell me that. I will, without spoiling anything for anybody, but this is technically a spoiler, but still answer me, because I do want to know, but don't tell me any details, okay? You got all that? Yeah. Are there any original ducks in the in the pilot? Thus far, no. Okay. I'm glad, no, I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Because I think you gotta, you gotta ease into Honestly, it. the coach of the Mighty Ducks as they exist in the show... Because I know they're essentially the... I thought it was like... They're doing the flip where the Ducks are the villains now. Essentially, but not really. I mean, it's all peewee sports. Um, I thought it was... Hey, Cobra Kai rules. We take this shit seriously. Peewee hockey is life or death. In Minnesota, you're right. You may have to represent your whole fucking country at the Goodwill Games. (laughs) You better watch out. You better better be prepared. And you better make sure the Minnesota Miracle Man is in your corner. Otherwise... You might end up in a body bag. Anyway, I thought the coach... if the coach from Iceland does not show up in the end, a la Crease, okay, the show is bullshit. I just want to say that (laughs) before it's over. If the Iceland coach does not show up in a finale smoking a cigar, I don't think that was part of his character, but smoking a cigar... In the ice rink, no, not he's the just dojo. Popping beach balls. He's at. He's, he's ashing on. Yes, he's just beach popping balls, beach balls. Me. I was gonna say he's ashing on the ice and yeah. just being very disrespectful. Right. It's like who's this fucking guy in this black trench coat? And he turns around. And he's got that slick back hair, and we're like, this guy's still alive. Wolf Stanson. <laughs> oh my god. You didn't think I could pull Wolf Stanson out of my ass, did you? You I forgot could not his name, have didn't done you? It. 
I could not have done it myself. It's because Julie the Cat Gaffney's like, Wolf Stanson was ready for us. He knew all about us. <laughs> I just got to watch D2 now. But what I'm saying, the coach we, for that, okay, before, I think, I thought for Go a ahead. split second the coach was either the kid who played Guy back in the day or one of the Iceland henchmen, like, all grown up. Oh, okay. because, but I mean, I think he'd be a lot older than what this young kid looks like. But he definitely looks like he could have been on the Iceland team back in the day. Maybe that's the whole ploy. Maybe like the coach sent him in to like you know corrupt the ducks and make them become this uber like corrupt the ducks. <laughs> dude. Yeah, I don't know. I hope they get. It's Disney though, so I know it's not going to. But I'm like, part of me just wishes like. I mean, I want them to be doing what they're doing, but I'm like, Yo, Hayden Schlossberg. John Irwin, like you guys, you guys are like Mighty Ducks. You yeah. want to fucking? What else you do you guys love treatment? that yes. we, could, we could do? I mean, uh, why? Yeah, would okay. love to know for That'd sure. That'd be great. Um, so I haven't started it yet. I'm enjoying, or we already, we already finished it. We couldn't make it last. We watched the new season of Nailed It like almost immediately. Okay, fantastic stuff. Uh, still working my way through Banshee. Okay. Well behind the family. Yes. My one big. That's so weird. <laughs> That you haven't it finished the show weird. all the family has watched. Veronica, when she heard mom had already watched all of it, she's like, she watches that show? I was like, my mom? She's like, she's like, isn't that a boy show? I was like, my mom watches all the boy shows. My mom watches Sons of Anarchy. Except like, for oh, the boys. She right. hasn't watched that I was like, yet. my mom, and dude, when I saw them uh, out of the gardeners, I was like, hey, for real, I've told both of you now multiple times. You need to be watching the boys. Like mm-hmm. I know you love Banshee. I was like Lucas Hood as like asshole Superman. Right. You need to check it out. He's great. And see what mom doesn't know is it's got the secret sauce. It's got the Carl Urban in there. And when she when she watches that show, she's she's gonna be over the moon. Well, no, of course. And you and tell then, her it's Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's kid. And then when like, you oh my yeah, God. that's what you say. You she saved that reveal until she's well into season two, and you're like, hey, by the way. Did you know this? Yeah. Okay. She's also going to flip because uh, Luca's going to show up. Goran Viznich. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah, dude. I forgot, yeah. Because I totally forgot the ending of the second season. Pretty wild stuff, yeah. yeah. You were like, oh, I thought we already crested and had a pretty wild climax. And it's like, um, this is the boys, by the way. <laughs> Do you so, not, did you forget? Like, so just you think remember, this is a game? Yes. <laughs> uh, excuse me. You, you think this <laughs> The boys? You think this is a game? You think this is supposed to be fun? Um, okay, I have one big one. I haven't talked with you about it all. I guess it technically falls under TV. It aired on the BBC in February. It is not publicly available, and nobody's like rebroadcast or bought the rights, but you can go watch this on YouTube right now, and I highly recommend that you do. I've still got two more parts to go. It is a six-part documentary series called Can't Get You Out of My Head. Okay? Okay. Uh, Broad strokes, it is about individualism versus collectivism in modern world history. Uh Uh-huh. And it is one of the best docs I've ever seen. Hmm. Um, The guy, I think it's Adam Harris. I may be fucking that up. His name escapes me. It's just impeccably well put together. He takes all of these disparate elements and like different stories going on throughout history of, again, 
basically we're kind of looking at like the 40s forward. Right. And he jumps all around through time and across borders, etc. And he builds up these narratives that you're like, what does all... Like, but why these things paired and juxtaposed with each other? Why? I don't know. What? And then you get to the last like 15 minutes of each part and you're like, whoa, dude, you just like brought it all together and you managed to do it in like beautiful lyrical visual montage set to like cool ass indie music (laughs) and like very, you know, there's a lot of voiceover, a lot Mm -hmm. of him talking, but there are no talking heads. There are clips and basically he had access to the entire BBC archives. So anything that's ever been filmed for the BBC or has aired on the BBC was fair game for him to use in this thing. Wow. And so some of the footage he gets is just incredible and stuff you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And so again, you have his like kind of running narration, but a lot of these like long stretches where you're just like, it's a crazy music montage and like things that, you don't think fit together, but he slowly is like kind of reforming the way your brain works where you're just like, Oh, I I'm starting to see things the way you apparently see them, which is all of these, these connections. Yeah. Uh, I will send you the link to the first part, uh, on YouTube, but it's incredible stuff. Uh, I think it's about eight and a half hours total, but broken into six parts. Again, we have two more left. So highly recommend it. Can't get you out of my head. Available on YouTube. That's it for my TV. I've got some, uh, I got movie rewatches and new stuff. Okay, so we but, already uh, talked about Falcon Winter Soldier. We did. And um, let's see, TV, first thing up, I watched, uh, this is technically to me is TV, um, watched a 2020 special on Stacey Stites um, and Heather Elvis, two separate 2020 episodes um i don't know who those people are um real quick stacy stites was murdered in texas a long time ago and uh, a black man is sitting on death row because of it but what people probably were shocked about when they saw the episode was that shortly after this guy went to jail her ex-husband who was a cop Mm -hmm. went to prison for 10 years for raping a woman interesting everything points to this fucking guy killed his fiance because she was fucking this guy that, you know, got blamed for her murder. Oh, he goes in thinking okay. they're talking to him about drug charges, and out of nowhere, he gets a murder rap. And luckily, his sentence has been stayed. But when I'm thinking, whenever they actually analyze the new evidence that has never been analyzed, they're not going to find a trace of DNA near her. And that man will have spent at least 20, 30 years of his life in prison for no reason. Oh, because he's a black man in Texas. But I watched 2020 on that. That's infuriating. Okay. Yeah. Um. And the other one was about Heather Elvis, this girl that disappeared up in Myrtle Beach a couple years ago. Um, And the two people who she was linked to, um, her disappearance, they are basically, I think they're still in prison, but not for murder. She's never been found. They don't know whatever happened to her. More likely, they probably put her in a swamp, but um, still to this day, they haven't found her. 2020, man, they got all the good, all the good cases on All there. the good cases, yeah. All the, okay. the ones that need dead people need to know about. Um, well, and I need to know about them so I can avoid them like the plague. Exactly. I'm not going to watch those, but Don't. thanks for filling me in on You're welcome. that um, dark, darkness. I watched The Jinx on HBO. I technically call that TV because it's, it's episodic, about six episodes. Pretty good. Pretty good. 
like one of the best. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, you're very muted on that. I was surprised hyped up in, you just now got to it. We've been hyped up in my head for so long. People have talked about it. I'm like, what? I don't get... Okay, so the dude the dude makes a movie about Durst and like... Catches him in the midst of the him, making yeah, of dude, it. Yeah, that, I'm just, like, yeah. And you're like, well, how'd that happen? It's like, he's a fucking idiot. He yeah. didn't take his mic off. He was taking a the, piss. Yeah, like, the what? fact that they, they, they show you that that happened before. Yes. And he and his lawyer's like, your mic's hot. You don't think it's going to happen again. And yeah. when it does, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Like, wild um, shit. I don't know how it plays post-Jenks, but did you ever see... Um, Oh, what was it called? What was it about? It's basically Durst without saying it's Durst with Ryan Gosling and. Uh, no, that's the movie he made that made Durst go and I watched that. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. he what made is it. What is it called? All, all good things. All good things. Thank you. Yeah, he Jesus. made the movie. Yeah, Jarecki. Yes, yes. yes. But that's he did that before the the Jinx. Yes, but I'm saying I didn't know if you had seen that oh, movie. Oh, yet. I oh, was gotcha. saying I, I don't know how it plays once you watch the Jinx, like why you would really ever want to watch the movie. Right. But I did see it in reverse. Like I watched that when it came out because it was Me right too. at the height of Gosling. Yeah. You know. Me too. So, anyways. I don't, I mean, it's like I see pictures of Robert Durson back in the day and I'm like, I guess maybe. I guess maybe people would have compared him to Ryan well and Ryan that's Gosling, like how good looking he well is, that's maybe. the other know. thing though is like in that movie you have Gosling like downplaying how good he looks the right. whole time exactly and like trying to to creep himself up yeah. um another one I watched no one saw a thing it's a multi multi-episode um crime doc about a the town of Skidmore Missouri yeah I'm familiar familiarize our listeners though i was yeah. just gonna say i believe there's a podcast as well and barum has recommended this series to me as right well. um it's essentially uh back in the day um the town bully got murdered in broad daylight his car shot up everything and no one has talked no one has served time for it and it goes into how that affected the town how it came to the the demons came home to roost on the children of that town growing up I thought it was really well done. A lot of good, lot of good interviews with people adjacent. Like one of right. my favorite people, and it was an ex-Vietnam guy who was just wild, crazy, like Casey and the Sunshine Band kind of frontman. And he he very frankly up front says that, that the only mistake the town made was they didn't kill his wife right there too. Because if they had, it would all this would have been over with. No one would have cared. Right. Like. You know, and he says, like, I carried a gun all the time. If he came at me, I'd have shot him. Like, he was just a menace. And they talk about how, like, there was a uh, a Brian Dennehy movie made about it. And the fucked up thing that, like, the kid's grandson had to watch that as, like, part of the curriculum in that town. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> fucked up shit. And, but they, they have the kid, very frankly, being like, I didn't really know him. I know what my family tells me of him, but I didn't feel like I should have to sit there and watch this movie they made about what happened to my grandfather on Main Street getting fucking shot to pieces. So it does a lot to, like, they build him up as, like, oh, this dude was bad and he had to go. But it also gives a very, very, very clear human image of what that does not does to, like, his family after it's all said and done. And then the town and the rest of the people, because there's about three, there's a disappearance and two brutal murders that they cover that they say it's not like the town is cursed, but they're definitely like 
nothing good has happened since then. This town has like enveloped on itself. Like you could almost make, if you wanted to make like a a cheap horror movie, you do like a, um, in the mouth of madness, this town, town is haunted, but it's not like this huge Gothic new England thing. It's like Skidmore, Missouri. That would work. And, um, started watching baskets. I've never seen it before. You like it? I love baskets. Yeah, dude. Um, great show. It per, it, so, so, so fucking good. Um, and the last big thing I watched, I considered a series, is I watched The Age of Samurai. Have not started it yet. That's the Netflix one. Very good. All right. Very and that's good. that's like partial documentary slash reenactment, but like there's a narrative to it, right? They like, basically track Oda Nobunaga's eventual start to unify Japan mm-hmm. all the way through to basically one of his homeboys finishing the job and then like it, it passes along it does the reenactments are great it's a lot of weird it's a lot of British scholars that are talking to you they don't have a lot of they have maybe two or three Japanese historians that only speak Japanese they have two or three that speak English pretty well mm-hmm. but it's a lot of British historians telling you like what was going on at the time you know, how he brought guns into play for a little bit, or the precursor to guns, what they do. They don't really go into the whole, like, la- they they don't really go into, like, the last samurai territory of, like, okay, the samurai becomes this. But they, they do a lot to talk about how, like, for, you know, a good hundred years or so, most of the youth and, and, like, men in Japan, they had war to go fight amongst each other. And just, you know, getting into them trying to get at China via, via Korea... Really, it was really, really well done. I, they, they, they definitely put a lot of money into. I would want to watch the movie of the reenactments as a movie on its own. Right, removed from removed the, from the, that. You could make a whole right. or a whole TV show just with the reenactments if you maybe shot a couple more key scenes and you're golden. But right. that's probably one of my favorite. That ones one's I've definitely lately. on my list. I will yeah. be getting to it soon. Speaking of Netflix, did you watch Bad Trip? No. I, I, well, you need to I, so we can talk about okay. it because I really listen, can't tell listen, you. Noah, I like, started it and I I started it and turned it on and I made the mistake of looking at my clock and realizing it was 3.45 in the morning and I needed to go to bed. And I was like, I got to shut this off because I will sit here and watch this entire thing and I will get 30 minutes of sleep and then get I up and go to work. I was so glad to see it. It's still in the top 10, yes. but it was dominating number one yes. slot for several days. Huge Eric Andre fan. Yes. This is the most accessible thing he's ever done. But I love that there's a whole new generation and group of people that have like never seen any of his shit that are now just seeing a little tiny fraction of it. And that I have been able to say to all of my coworkers who have no familiarity with him. Go back on okay, well, HBO Max. Go, go on go HBO Max swim. or Hulu or whoever has it right now. Or just go to YouTube. And check out the Eric Andre show because what you saw in that movie, that's actually like tame and kind of quaint. That's like a four. That's a four. Exactly. And it's like they hear that and they're like, what? I was like, yeah, the show is way wilder than this movie. The movie is still fucking wild as hell, dude. I cannot wait to talk about some of the bits with you. All I will say, he and Laurel, great together. Tiffany Haddish is on another planet. She's dude, so I, good. At dude, it. when she when, it's it's the kind of thing where it's like you see Maria Bakalova getting nomination for Borat subsequent movie film, mm-hmm. richly deserved, a hundred percent. And then I sit here and I watch Tiffany Haddish, and I'm like, that's a, that should be up for supporting actress this coming yes. year. She's so fantastic in it. 
It's great. It got to the point that when she came, when she first comes in and she's got her ride and she's asking the old ladies, you see my ride out there? I was like, I can't. I can't do this because I'm like, I know what's going to happen. I know I, I get embarrassed for people easily. So like as funny as the bit is, I'm like, oh, poor these poor people. But also not really because it's fucking hilarious. Well, that is the before you go into it. And this is one of my I was talking about the, the differences with uh, Tim earlier today on the phone, actually, because obviously the comparison point is like Borat or Bad Grandpa or something right. but where you're doing narrative. But there's people in it who are not in on the joke. Essentially. Right. And like. Borat, not always, and there was enough to differentiate it, especially in the second one, but a lot of times that humor is at the expense of the people who are having the joke played on them. Right. Bad Trip, the joke is always on them. It is masochistic. It's just the reaction. Yeah, it's the reactions. It's the real reactions from people, but it is not, I mean, it is, yes, fucking with people to a certain extent. But it does. It weirdly has this heart to it that mm-hmm. you'll see throughout the movie. I can't wait to talk about it with you. But hugely enjoyable. Doesn't outstay its welcome. Perfect runtime. Totally rewatchable as well. Bits that you'll want to go back to. I'm I'm just glad it's finally out and people can see it and that it was a huge success as well. Bad yeah, trip. I'll, on I Netflix. was waiting on that one. Huge recommend, and we will talk about it more after Gavin's seen it. Um, did you? I got another new one over on HBO Max or just HBO. Did you watch Tina? Yes. What'd you think? I. I watched it and instantly told myself if for some reason I ever, ever, ever have the ability to speak to that woman, I will never mention that motherfucker's name <laughs> because right. it played to me. So much that like I get, I get what happened. I get why it happened. I don't, a man, I can't speak to what women feel. I understand her as a woman and that time doing what she thought was right with what happened with that motherfucker. And then what she did to tell people about what happened with that piece of shit. And then wanting to be done. And like my, the, the, the saddest thing is like, She's got number one albums. She's doing this. She's not. People are asking her about Still this piece of shit. That is the most and infuriating the, thing. But the most beautiful thing about it is I never heard her in any public interview sit there and be like, fuck him. She was like, I really wish he was doing this and doing that. And that's just a testament to that woman. Her because character, yes. Me, because Mimi said it the best. Ain't nobody else like Tina. She, like, Mimi fucking loved Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, that that doc just proved it to me that that needs to be the final word on whatever. I love the way that they ended it. They bookended it with her and her new husband. I think that's great. And and this kind of being her final statement on everything. Right. It's like, I'm not really going to be performing anymore. Right. This is kind of like my career end cap. The big thing for me, and it's, it's anytime you delve deeper into these and you get like more of the full picture and the full story... In my mind, it was always she got out from the clutches of he who shall not be named, that motherfucker, as you put it, 100% agree. And in my head, it was like, boom, she immediately turned it around, huge success again. And it was like, no, she actually 
like struggled for like three or four years there mm-hmm. trying to find a new sound, trying to find people who would work with her within the industry because of like all of her ties to him. People still thinking they were attached because she was bound and determined to keep that name. Like, all oh, I love that. when they, they were like, oh, yeah, she got the name from it. Yeah. Like, she took that. All, all of that stuff, though, I was just like, yeah, again, in my memory, it's just like, oh, and then she became this huge solo star. But you don't think about the transition time, and especially like you were talking about the constant interviews where it's like, well, yeah, maybe I kind of want to back off of being in the public eye, but I'm also trying to rebuild my career. But it's like, mm-hmm. do I want to constantly have to be... You know, she references several times that, like, I I don't like to think about the past. Like, I literally live in the moment moving forward. And to constantly have to be reminded of that shit every time you sit down to talk to somebody. Like, for years after that person has anything to do with your life or your career Mm -hmm. has to be infuriating. And like you said, the composure that she handles it with to not just immediately be like... Seriously, because, I'm answering this for like the 40th fucking time today because, on this press literally, junket. Literally, like, get any, out of my face. Anytime after that People Magazine story comes out, she does not have to say a fucking word about it again. Right. Can fucking shit talk him all she wants and is completely justified for it. But the fact that she doesn't just tells you how much of a woman she is. Yeah. And people could fucking learn a thing or two from Tina Turner. She's, yeah. And that's all I got to say. Great I, doc. I thought it was fantastic. Doc. I had uh, some of the archive footage and stuff that you've yeah. ever seen, the studio sessions and everything. And the crazy thing, man, like I just, it's so fucking weird to think that like Phil Spector is literally been everybody that I fucking like dig. Phil Spector Dude, was I, there, man. I immediately went on a, a wall of sound kick on Spotify, like the night after watching that doc. Mm-hmm. And but I when he's introduced in the doc as well when it's like and then she went to go make River Deep Mountain High and it and I was just like oh yeah from one crazy motherfucker <laughs> to another, another one <laughs> like because you know yeah. you're sitting there and party wants to be like but Oy. I love Kurt Loder has a great bit about it where it's like yes I'm gonna say his name I'm sorry but like yes Ike was a good musician for that style. But he was never gonna do anything other than that style. Like there was never, there was never gonna be an evolution. Right. It was just like this is this is how I play. This is it. Mm-hmm. There was it was never gonna go anywhere. Right. And so all of a sudden, you know, and I love he goes through that whole runner of like, you hear that song and it's like, oh my god. And of course it came out and it was a commercial failure. But they, but they liked. loved it in Europe. That's the thing. Right. And I feel like, I don't know, I just, she, there's so many that you just, you you forget that it's like, she, I feel like she's lost her place a bit when you think of, like, because of that, I feel like people don't think about just, like, her in general and her contribution to music at all. Because, yes, there's Aretha Franklin, there's, um, who's the other one I'm thinking of? then you get into like, I feel like she fades back when you think of like Whitney Houston being a big deal in the 80s coming up as Tina Turner is. The fact that they're like, yeah, she's 40, 50 year old performer, you know, and, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, but we did get to fulfill her dream. She got to sell out some stadiums. Just knowing what things were important to her and what she was some able of those to do. crowds you see too, dude, where it's just like, you forget how, like, 
there was one where it was like 183,000, I think, on a beach or whatever. And Veronica yeah. was like, I didn't know you were allowed to like have that many people at <laughs> a concert. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, in other countries you are because there's mm-hmm. less regulations on it. But yeah. like, yeah, because they're not pl- stupid and they're she, not going to get shit But she immediately was just like, how are all those people getting home? <laughs> like, where's <laughs> everybody? How do you disperse well, that in, many people? Well, in Europe, there's public transportation. Yeah. They've managed it pretty well. Oh, and again, they've been drinking since they're 14 and they're not going to be fucking idiots about it. Speaking of drinking, perfect transition. Brother, yeah. thank you. I don't think you and I have discussed my favorite movie I've seen recently. This was several. This is almost a month ago. It's called Another Round. I need to watch it. It's on Hulu. Yeah. It is up for Best International Feature at the Oscars. Well deserved. Directed by Thomas Vinterberg, starring Mr. Mads Mikkelsen, who delivers my favorite performance of the year okay. by far. One of those where I'm like, a hundred percent, Chadwick's going to get this best Best Actor. Not mad at it at all. Mm-mm. So happy it's happening. But it is one of those where I'm like, Mads isn't even nominated? But Thomas Venterberg did get nominated for Best Director, which is basically saying, like, it's gonna win international feature. Like, you don't nominate the director for Best Director. Yeah. And it not win, even though it's not up for Best Picture. It didn't have the crossover like Parasite did. Right. But it's incredible. I guess you know the basic setup for our listeners, though. Uh, four Danish school teachers uh, decide to test a. I believe this is an actual theory that exists or whatever, but uh, I think it's a Danish psychologist, uh, philosopher, scientist, etc., who believes that humans are born with deficient blood alcohol level by 0.05%. So basically, for all of us to live at our maximum peak capacity to operate at our highest level we should all be slightly drunk yeah 0.05 percent and so they decide to test this theory to see if it'll they're all basically in like bordering on midlife crisis mode maybe a little even past midlife crisis mode all struggling in different aspects of their life and just basically seeing if, if becoming functioning alcoholics will change things up at all and it it is fucking brilliant. It's so good. Um, it's It's got the laughs, but it also has the pathos. It's not like an out-and-out comedy, mm-hmm. but it it's incredible. And Mads Mikkelsen, dude, it just everything I see him in, he's one of those guys. Never never even bordering on bad. Like, he, is, he doesn't even come close to mediocre. He mm-hmm. is always exceptional in yes. everything he's in. And he's one of those guys you cannot take your eyes off of him. Nope. In any language. Uh, nope. But when he's in his home language, he is insanely good. Like, one of the best actors on the planet. Like, the Daniel Day-Lewis of... And he doesn't even do, like, deep character shit. Like, that's why I feel like he's even more impressive in some ways where I'm just like... He is these individual characters, but it's not... It's a very Philip Seymour Hoffman sort of thing where it's like, he doesn't change his voice that much. He doesn't even really change his look that much. But he will convince you that this is a completely unique human being than somebody else he's played who happens to look exactly like this guy. Right. It's that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Hulu. It's excellent. It's gonna win Best International Feature. You can mark it here before we do our Oscar predictions episode. Which we also have to squeeze in this month because the Oscars are in like three weeks. All right. So we got to do 
Mario Brothers, Michael Clayton, and then we gotta do an Oscar prediction episode. All right. Well, let's when yeah, let's do uh, we'll we'll sort the housekeeping out later. For sure. Uh, you gotta watch another round of bad trip, dude. Yeah. You do a whole other like hour long podcast on just those two. All right. You want my? But news? Yeah. That's you that's it stuff. on my. That's it on my new ones. I'm all rewatches from this point forward. Okay. You want my new ones real quick? I'll just run them run them down for you. Do it. I'll let you know if anything strikes my fancy. All right. I Tanya. Didn't realize you didn't catch it prior. Nope. Um, what'd you think? Really enjoyed it. Really thought it was... Yeah, as, it's an as, entertaining movie. As biopic slash docudramas go, you can't beat it. It's Scorsese for babies, but I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. No. Um, but yeah. Um, Honest Thief. Okay. New Liam Neeson. How new? Like last, this year, 2020, 21, somewhere in there. Okay. He's, this uh, is before the marksman, though, correct? Right. Okay. This is like I he, can't keep track. I know he kills so many people. He's becoming another. He's becoming another Charlie Bronson. What was the run all night? What was the 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 ice one? Oh, uh, an ice one. Cold reason? something. It was yes. They changed the title. The original title was Hard Powder. Such a better title. Oh yeah, of course. But yeah, yeah. Continue. Um, yeah, honestly, uh, I'll, I'll pass by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all right. There's some Chai Courtney in there, a little bit of, um, oh, who's the, there's another, like, really well done character actor, Jade. All right, and that's where it all ended, all came crashing down. Uh, we left it on the note of Jade. Uh, we experienced some tough, tech, blah, I'm experiencing some right now, some technical difficulties. So, uh, Gavin has had to roll home for the evening. But he told me to go ahead and tease this. We've got to do our Oscar predictions coming up very soon. It's just right around the corner. So we will have a uh, an odd pairing of our continued conversation of what we've been watching. Probably starting off with Jade, which is quite something to talk about. It was a first time watch for each of us. Uh, so we'll chat about that and everything else that was on Gavin's list. And then we'll do our Oscar predictions. And I think we're going to record that over Zoom very soon so apologies for the shortened episode this week but we will be back very very soon and then of course we've got a two by two coming at you uh shortly after that oscar predictions episode so stay tuned right here to the archive podcast thank you for listening my name is noah his name was gavin he is no longer here but when he was we were the blanchard brothers and you were listening to what we've been watching thanks guys